Hello and welcome to another episode of the Intelligent Transport Podcast. Today I'm joined by Alana Dave, the International Transport Workers Federation's Urban Transport Director, to discuss workplace safety and workers' rights during a global health crisis. The COVID-19 pandemic has left a number of industries on the brink of collapse and in desperate need of bailouts. In the meantime, the public transport sector continues to provide services to key workers to ensure our new normal remains as normal as possible. Over the next 25 minutes, Alana and I will focus on everything that transport organisations must do to support their staff in these troubling times and to ensure that their staff, in turn, are able to support the mobility needs of those that are crucial to maintaining some semblance of normality. Alana, thank you very much indeed for joining me on today's podcast. It would be fantastic just to start off with a quick uh, introduction to you uh, and your role at the uh, ITF. Um, Hi, Luke. Well, it's um, great to be with you. I'm the Director of Urban Transport in the ITF, and I thought it might just be helpful to very quickly talk about the role of the ITF as well. Um, We're an international trade union organization in the transport um, industry. We represent all sectors of transport. So although I coordinate the work on urban transport, um, we also have a lot of activities in um, rail, in road, in maritime, which includes um, seafarers, inland navigation, dockers and fisheries, um, as well as in aviation and um, tourism. Um, we uh, represent about 670 affiliated trade unions um, from almost 150 countries worldwide, representing about 20 million transport workers. So that just gives you a very general idea of um, who we are and who we represent. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think it's a really good time to get that kind of scope, uh, given the kind of conversation that we're about to have around the coronavirus and COVID-19, because it gives you some sense of the scale of the number of people that are potentially affected by this pandemic. Um, So let's start, I suppose, with, you know, what the ITF's response to COVID-19 has been so far and what your role is in supporting the transport workforce uh, throughout this kind of crisis. Yeah, well, firstly, what I want to say about that is that obviously COVID-19 has affected all sectors um, of um, transport. So very importantly, the ITF has put together a cross-sectoral response, although we do recognize that in different sectors of transport, there are specific challenges and issues that need to be addressed. So let me talk about our kind of broad response so far, and then I'll just highlight some of the issues in particular on um, public transport that I've um, been dealing with. So most importantly, in terms of the role of um, the ITF is that we share information um, and good practices and stories between unions. We kind of facilitate that on an international level. That's really important because unions in their different workplaces and in cities are facing huge kind of challenges. So just that ability to communicate and share information internationally is really um, important. 
um, particularly at a time of crisis like this where solidarity is needed, the ITF um, will also coordinate that. But particularly important in terms of the role of the ITF, we ensure that the particular needs, the experiences, the rights of trans the transport workforce are represented in the different relationships that we have with various intergovernmental institutions as well as employers internationally. And in order to do that effectively, it's really important for us to understand what the trend has been in the different transport sectors. Um, so importantly, we've been putting together our own industry impact um, assessments. We also realize that um, even though at the moment we're facing an immediate crisis, this raises issues about long-term transport policy and what needs to change in our industry overall so that we are better um, positioned to respond to crises like this, but also ensure that some of the challenges that have emerged in terms of how the workforce is organized or how work is structured um, changes positively in the long term. ITF has highlighted five main demands for employers and governments. The one is across all sectors that workers have to be protected. Transport workers have been absolutely vital to the COVID response, whether in passenger or in freight. Um, and as part of this, we are um, asking that um, transport workers are provided with regular free testing as part of having their core um, health and safety rights respected. Secondly, um, we are putting a lot of emphasis on the health and safety of transport workers. That has to come before anything else. And the importance of negotiating strong and adequate health and safety measures with trade unions. Thirdly, we're calling for income protection for all workers, whether that's agreed through collective bargaining directly with employers or government payments. Those payments also have to target um, the wages and terms and conditions of employment of the workforce. Um, our fourth area that we've highlighted is that we are supporting the government stimulus packages to protect jobs and the economy. And obviously, a lot of the, uh, some of the money of the stimulus packages have been directed towards the transport industry. Um, we are also highlighting the importance of sustainable supply chains with health and safety across the supply chain in order to ensure all workers, regardless of their contractual status, are protected. Um, so, Luke, as you can hear, you know, that's relevant to all the transport sectors, including public transport. Um, but I just want to give um, a little bit of a feel for what we're doing in public transport as well. Um, I really just want to give visibility to how important public transport workers have been in dealing with the emergency. You know, um, we've read a bit about it in newspapers, but just from some of the stories that we are hearing is that millions of workers, whether they're formal or informal, are keeping public transport systems um, running every day during this crisis. And that's been absolutely fundamental to enabling essential workers like health workers um, getting to work. 
Um, and in some cities, in fact, public transport workers themselves have been um, recognized as, as key workers. Um, so given this fundamentally important role, what we have really been focusing on is the health and safety um, of these workers. Um, they're playing the vital role. They have an important public function. So their health has to be protected in order to, you know, to fulfill um, that kind of function. So that gives you a broad idea about our, where our focus is um, at the moment. But in public transport too, the long-term sustainability of the industry is really important. We know how vital it is to addressing the climate crisis. Um, and we're saying that actually how we respond to COVID-19 should lay a strong foundation for um, building a sustainable public transport industry in the future, which includes decent work and formalization of employment where core labor rights are protected. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the thing with a pandemic on this scale. It's, you know, we're not just looking at industries and, you know, the effect on a sectoral level, but, you know, it's an enormous social issue uh, and that's really being brought to the fore at the moment. Uh, I think, you know, organisations like ITF have uh, a huge role to play in ensuring that once this pandemic comes to a close, employers, governments and cities really respond in the right way in terms of valuing and protecting staff moving forwards, perhaps more so than has been the case in the past? Yeah, I would really agree with that. I mean, this is a huge opportunity to ensure that there are long-term positive changes um, in the sector. What I wanted to highlight as well is I know you have focused on gender inequality in the public transport sector before. So this is another opportunity to really ensure that women are involved in decision-making in the transport industry, so that some of the particular health and safety issues for women transport workers are also addressed. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, we are now presented with this um, sudden and to some degree strange opportunity to almost restart in, in sectors like public transport uh, and make sure that things are being done properly. Uh, so while we're talking about, you know, the responsibilities and the opportunities, it brings me on to the next point that I want to cover, really. And that is the responsibilities of uh, of operators and local and national authorities in providing, you know, continued access to transport services for, for key workers, you know, such as healthcare, uh, as you said earlier on, you know, and really what that means for transport staff and, you know, what they're having to go through on a day-to-day -day basis at this point um, in a way that people that have the luxury of working from home just aren't having to face. Yeah, and that's, uh, um, that's really pertinent at the moment. I'm not sure if you're aware that just this week um, there have been reports of 41 um, public transit workers dying in New York City. In London, um, nine bus drivers have died. So this is now becoming life and death issues in our industry. So I think that 
cooperation and dialogue and partnership between trade unions, government and employers is absolutely um, essential. So in terms of minimum services, firstly, um, all our trade unions are supporting the need for minimum services to be maintained in order to enable health workers to travel to and from their jobs. So I think that's a really important principle. But linked to that principle, um, many of our affiliated unions have been asking for minimum services to be arranged in such a way that workers and passengers can travel safely. So again, it comes back to that issue of the health and safety um, measures, and I'll talk a little bit about those in more detail. Um, thirdly, around minimum services, um, where um, ridership has dropped, um, where services are reduced so that workers are no longer um, fulfilling all the jobs and responsibilities that they had before, we're calling that their terms and conditions need to be um, protected and they need to continue to receive their income regardless of any employment status that they have in the sector. And then lastly, as I mentioned before, that there should be financial support um, to public transport operators. And that's happened in a number of um, different countries in order to keep those minimum services running. Um, but we believe that that should also be conditional on preservation of workers, jobs and, um, and, and income. So Luke, just to go back, because I think this issue of health and safety is so absolutely um, central and absolutely key, given that we're seeing increasing number of public transport workers dying or falling ill with the virus, um, we are trying to negotiate with public transport authorities and companies, at least ITF doesn't do those negotiations, but we're supporting our affiliated unions to look at adequate personal protective um, equipment. Um, we're also calling for adequate comprehensive health coverage, which includes um, testing for COVID-19. Um, we also believe that the swift provision of information um, in the industry is really important and should be provided to all workers in the workplace, regardless of um, their form of employment and job description. Um, we're supporting adequate protections um, with um, no loss of earnings for vulnerable or at-risk workers. So for those workers who are particularly at risk, they need to be um, protected and given time off work with full pay. I also wanted to really highlight the importance of social distancing standards, which has become a very big issue in public transport in many cities. Um, so we're looking at options um, which have been negotiated in some work workplaces around the non-collection of fares or at least cashless payments, um, non-inspection of tickets, um, rear door entry um, in buses. That's a very big issue at the moment in um, Britain um, or the closing of drivers doors as well as the blocking of front row seats so that we really protect um, public transport workers like bus drivers um, from um, 
their proximity to to passengers. I think also the importance of limiting the number of passengers in a in a vehicle. Obviously, um, strict and regular cleaning and sanitation procedures are very important, and the vital work of cleaners in the industry has also been recognised um, during this crisis. I think there's also really importance um, which we are trying to focus on on sufficient paid leave for workers who do get affected by COVID-19, either directly or indirectly. In many cases, um, workers are also having to self-isolate because of family who are sick with the virus. Um, Another issue which has emerged in transit, which has been interesting, is on sanitation facilities and outbreaks. Many public transport workers often use public Um, facilities for sanitation and those public facilities are closed at the moment. So that's another um, issue that we're looking at in the sector. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think actually in in a lot of cases, you know, we should you know really praise the the swift response of public transport operators and authorities um you know initially it was all about sanitation and hygiene and making sure that the vehicles uh were safe both for passengers and for drivers and those efforts are still still continuing now um obviously on you know a daily basis and as you said distancing drivers from passengers to ensure safety on both sides again the swiftness with which those actions have been taken is uh is really really crucial you know to the extent that i believe the industry is really um demonstrating best practice that other sectors can probably learn from um and you know really earning the right to be protected and funded by the end of um, the pandemic to ensure that they can still, you know, continue operating in as normal a way as possible to continue providing the services to the people that need them. Yeah, I would I would agree absolutely with the issue of um, financing, you know, given the absolutely critical role of um, public transport in cities, um, the you know, huge amount of economics and social benefits that public transport brings, but also the importance in terms of addressing the climate emergency, but also, you know, public transport is a huge employer internationally. In some cities, it's the largest employer. So the importance of um, public financing to ensure the long-term sustainability of the sector is absolutely um, fundamental. I would definitely agree with that. You touched on it earlier on, but, you know, while we're talking about, you know, the kind of swiftness of the response of the industry, um, it's really important to touch on, you know, the swiftness also of the dissemination of information to um, public transport staff and the importance of communication uh, in times of crisis like this. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, really. And, you know, also kind of run through best practice tips uh, and examples that you're seeing uh, from the industry at the moment? Yeah, sure. You know, information is always um, is always important, but particularly at a time of um, crisis. So in all the work that we've been doing, we are encouraging and supporting that um, exchange of information between operators in the industry um, with their um, 
with their workforce. I think there's a particular responsibility on operators to um, ensure that there is um, access to information quickly, um, that the information is accurate and that it's disseminated um, through um, the workforce. And I think often, you know, Luke, what we are seeing that where there are good industrial relations um, in a sector, then that information um, flows much better because there's already a relationship of, 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 of trust. And we're seeing more and more good practices around that quick flow of information um, as the as you know, as the crisis unfolds. So in terms of good practices that I would like to highlight, um, firstly, um, there's been a really excellent and strong agreement at an international level between ourselves as the ITF and a number of employers in the public transport sector. That includes the UITP, the UIC in railways and the UCLG, which is a network of um, local governments around the world, the largest network. And some of the good practices that we highlight in that agreement is exactly what, you know, we've just spoken about, the importance of accurate information and um, ways to avoid and limit um, transmission in the workplace. The agreement also kind of recognizes the importance of providing staff with adequate um, PPE. And, you know, that's quite comprehensive. It's gloves, it's masks, it's hand sanitizing products, um, you know, and other appropriate means. Also a call again on deep cleaning and disinfection of public transport vehicles or workplaces or stations. And in terms of other, you know, good practices that we're looking at in that agreement is what I spoke about earlier really is limiting the interaction between drivers and other occupations with passengers in order to keep both passengers and the workers um, safe in line with social distancing standards. And in the agreement, we also recognize the importance of adapting the level of um, service as um, as required by different cities and in negotiation with trade unions and providing those kind of dedicated services for healthcare um, personnel. I think really importantly from the statement is that all public transport workers are recognized, they're thanked, they're given visibility, their skills, their experience, their roles and responsibilities during this crisis is um, kind of celebrated and respected and UITP has referred to them as the guardians of mobility. But with that recognition, I suppose, also comes responsibility that public transport workers must be able to carry out their jobs in a way that minimizes the risk to themselves. So, um, you know, that I think has been a really important partnership um, in um, during this crisis in the public transport um, sector. I'd also, just as another good practice, like to highlight that in, um, in Britain, four ITF affiliates have signed a joint rail agreement um, with the rail companies um, in the UK 
um, they were already meeting in a rail industry corona forum to discuss and share good practice and make sure that there was a good exchange of um, information. And importantly, in that agreement where a number of measures and um, industrial practices have been agreed, there's also the recognition of the importance of cooperation and keeping the railway system functioning for essential workers, but also for the movement of supplies in terms of um, freight. And underpinning the agreement is the top priority of protecting um, the health and safety of um, railway workers. So I really just want to highlight that agreement too as a really good practice of where different stakeholders in a sector are coming together and finding ways of working and addressing the crisis. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's incredibly valuable to to see the kind of collaborations that are taking place uh, in response to the to the pandemic, and I think really encouraging signs not just for the way that the sector can can come through this, but also for you know for the future as well. Um, it's ironic in a way that um, you know these sectors are only now. Uh, kind of getting the recognition that they otherwise, you know, deserve on a on a daily basis. Uh, but sometimes it takes um, something like this uh, for people to really appreciate uh, what they have. Yes, and um, I suppose that's a positive um, coming out of this crisis. But it's only really, you know, just the start, as we've discussed throughout the podcast that if there's a recognition of, you know, the vital role of particular groups of workers um, in the workforce, then the, you know, onus and responsibility to ensure that those workers have strong health and safety um, rights, have legal rights, have core labor standards, have decent work, you know, that broader set of issues, I think gives our industry a really um, good opportunity to um, shift employment patterns in the future so that all those rights are um, embedded. And of course, we haven't spoken much in this podcast, but in many developing cities, the majority of the transport workforce are informal. So again, long term, there's a real space and opportunity in the sector to look at the transition to formal work of public transport workers worldwide. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more there's a, a massive opportunity here and obviously opportunities worldwide and across sectors and across the public transport industry more broadly as well um to really act uh, and enforce uh, positive change after this is all kind of wrapped up i suppose but for now i think that is uh, just about all we have time for i'm cautious that i've taken up quite a bit of your time already um so i just want to thank you uh, for taking the time out to come on and speak with me for the podcast uh, it's been really really insightful uh and yeah just fantastic really so thank you very much thank you very much luke and we really appreciate the invitation as the itf to contribute to this podcast and thank you for everything that you're doing to share experiences and good practices in the industry my thanks again to alana for joining me on the pod every one of us is tackling this kind of shape-shifting learning curve at the moment 
And I think it's just so valuable to get this kind of information out into the market, not just in terms of promoting best practice, but also so that the industry might recognise some of the support it has in trying to get through these difficult times. Now we'll be back with another episode in just a few short weeks, but before then, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in the app of your choice and also become a member at intelligenttransport.com to be sure you don't miss out on the rest of our content. Stay safe and I'll see you on the next one.